continue to reflect on the Acts of the Apostles. As we know, at the end of the missionary journeys of St. Paul, there was a difficulty that arose, and yesterday we heard of the difficulties, is when Christians became, as per Gentile, Gentiles became Christians, the difficulty was, should they be observing Jewish Mosaic law? And this is the controversy which uh, arose, especially in the, in the uh, communities, Christian communities, they were mixed, both those who were of Jewish origin as well as those who were of Gentile origin. And there was a strong push by the Christians who were originally of Jewish background. They wanted to make sure that the, the Christians of Gentile origin would follow the Mosaic law. It was not the sense of St. Paul, but it was Paul and Barnabas uh, who went to Jerusalem. They didn't want to make the decision on their own. They wanted to consult with the other disciples. And that's one of those incredible things that we see here in early church, but also throughout the history of, of our Catholic faith, is that we don't make personal decisions. It's not a private interpretation of scripture. And it's not the private, private embracing of, of, of some form of a decision, but we do so in consultation. We come together in prayer, we come together and reflect. And so what we have here is first of all an example, first example of a council, which ultimately we came to know as ecumenical councils, not only here, but there were also, you know, Nicaea and Constantinople and, and we have Ephesus and all the other consuls that we have. When there's a, there's a question of controversy, where there's a question of interpretation of scriptures, there's a question of interpretation of, of situation which was brought to the attention of the, of the disciples, they would not make decisions on their own, but would gather in prayer, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide them. And ultimately, when they came together, they made a decision and became part of the whole tradition of our Catholic faith. So, so this is what we have. There's a controversy. What do you do? What does one do with Christians? Should they be following Mosaic law first and then embrace Christian, Christian uh, uh, gifts, or, or, or should they not? And here, when P Peter, James, uh, St. Paul, Barnabas, and others who were part of the, of the gathering in Jerusalem, first of all, they recall the situation, what took place. What St. What Saint, Saint Paul was recalling is that there's a gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to Gentile Christians, just as, as it was given to them. They are recalling the, the Christians who became on fire with the zeal of the Lord, of the love of the Lord. And they seem to, seem to immediately embrace and accept the whole disposition of, of, of Christian, Christian life, the commandments of love, love of God, love of neighbor, to follow the commandments. So they, they were able to, to, to live in their life, manifest in, in life, the fact that God has given them these special gifts. And so it is Peter today, as we hear, not only the brothers who, who came like Paul and Barnabas, who recalled the various extraordinary 
wonders and signs and wonders of God's working um, in the people of, of, of those who embrace the faith. But here's Peter. Peter got up and, and he says the following, my brothers, you're well aware that from early days, God made his choice among you, that through my mouth, the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. He's recalling his, his situation in Joppa with Cornelius. And, and he see how, how Cornelius embraced, he was of Gentile origin, and how he embraced the faith. And then Peter was a witness, personal witness, how the power of the Holy Spirit was given just as they received the Holy Spirit, so Cornelius did. And so he says, you know, I have witnessed this. And God, who knows the heart, were witnessed by granting them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, for us, he gave us. He made no distinction between us and them, no distinction between those of Jewish origin and those who are of Gentile origin. For by faith, he purified their hearts. So Peter is very focused. He sees, you know, sometimes we think that Christianity um, is just we accept everything, you know, in a sense, well, because somebody says, no, no, it's like St. Peter says, we, he witnessed. He witnessed something that God has done. He witnessed, he witnessed, and therefore he shares with the rest of the disciples. And this is part of our, again, Christian Catholic heritage, is we, we accept things through reasonable discernment, reasonable. It's, a, it's by reason. It's not something just we say, you know, whatever it comes from, whoever. No, it is by reason. We see, we watch. St. Peter gives witness to, to, to that, what he has seen. And he has seen this and see how the Holy Spirit has acted in a part of, on a part of, of the family of Cornelius. So, so it, is by, it is why then our, are you now putting God to the test by placing on the shoulders of his disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we were able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of Jesus Christ in the same way, saved by the gift of Christ himself, by the grace, the love of God that is given to all. And so for Peter, he makes it very clear as to what, 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 what the, uh, the truth is. And the whole assembly fell silent. As the, and they listened while Paul and Barnabas described the signs and wonders God had worked among the Gentiles to them. So first it was Peter's witness, then Paul's witness, then, then Barnabas, and they, their witness to that which took place. And so others fell silent. And then James, who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, says, my brothers, listen to me. Simon has described how God first concerned himself with acquiring from among the Gentiles, a people for his name. And, and he recalls the prophetic words, how after this I shall return, so the Lord shall return and rebuild the fallen house of David from its ruins, I shall rebuild it, raise it up, so that the rest of humanity may seek out the Lord, even all the Gentiles on whom my name is invoked. Thus says the Lord who accomplishes these things known from of old. So, so James uses the prophetic word that God has returned and rebuilt the house of David, just as the promise was made, that through the house of David, the God's mercy and love, God's gift of knowledge, 
God's gifts, extraordinary divine gifts will be shared, will be given not only to the people of God, but through them to others. And so this is what's happening. And so finally, when they make the judgment and the conclusion of the Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem uh, Council, which was 50 AD, so it took place 50 AD, not that long, not even uh, 20 years after the, the suffering and dying and rising of Christ, they make the decision. And what is their judgment? that we ought to stop troubling the Gentiles who turn to God. And, and, and so what they wish to do is this, a letter to avoid pollution from idols. So no idol worship, unlawful marriage, the meat of strangled animals and blood. For Moses for generations now has had those who proclaim him in every town and he has been read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So what was the minimum requirement? Yes, no idol worship, no unlawful marriage, no meat of strangled animals and blood. And obviously this is what, what they wish. So, so there was the, the minimum requirement and that's the, that's the gathering of the council. That's the, that's, that's the, the gift that, you know, the council wished to, to offer to all the believers who are Jewish of Jewish background as well as gentle background. And this restored peace among them. This restored peace, the decision which was made by the, by the apostles in, in the gathering under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The second aspect today is what the Lord gives us to the gospel. And, and the Lord says to us this, God the Father has such a great love, manifested love in his son. And so the Father, as the Father loves me, I also love you. Jesus' love for us, which he expresses so clearly. And, and the Lord says to us, yes, I, just as the Father loves, loves me, I love you. To be loved by God, to be loved by the Father, to be loved by Jesus. And the Lord is asking us that we may remain in that love, to be aware of that love, to be aware that God really loves us. How many people have told me, you know, I don't know whether God loves me. I don't know because I've done so much. I've done so much junk. I haven't really been faithful. Even right now, I feel like I'm so far away from the Lord. I don't know whether he can, he can love me. Yes, the Lord loves us, no, no matter what we have done. God does not stop loving us. Even when we sin, even when we separate ourselves from that love, God does not stop loving us. He keeps on reminding us, reminding us that he's there. He's calling us to a contrition. He's calling us to a change of life. He's calling us to, to make up for the things that we have done, but that his love is always there. And that love of Jesus, who died for us cannot be stopped. That love is always continuously there. But the Lord says to us though, if you want to remain in my love, if you want to remain in my love, if you don't want to separate yourself from me, then, then, then follow, be faithful to the commandments. Because when you, we break the commandments, then what we do is we separate ourselves. We put a block, we put a barrier to that love. We put a barrier to, to the grace that otherwise would be given to us. And so the Lord says, remain in my love by, by, by keeping commandments. Commandments as being the very way of living a life of love.
love of God or love of neighbor. So, and the Lord says, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and I remain in his love, I want you to remain in love. So commandments, following the commandments, fidelity to the commandments, especially commandment of love. But there, there's a second aspect to that. If we remain in his love, what will happen? Our joy will be in us. Our joy, joy, and your joy might be complete. You know, when we think of joy, you know, you know, when we think of happiness, when we think of something that, that pleases us, you know, um, yes, we may be joyful during celebrations. When there's nice celebration, there's a beautiful music and there's a be you know, beautiful meals, whatever it may be, sharing together in harmony, yeah, there's a joy that's there. But there's also joy that, that's there when people fall in love, when they're in love with one another. When there's love there, there's a type of joy, there's a type of fulfillment. But the Lord says to us that there's a joy of an extraordinary type of joy that doesn't come through the senses, because as we know that any type of, of pleasures that come through the senses, they, they end. They end when, when, when the experience is over. And sometimes maybe an emptiness that will follow. But what the Lord speaks to us is a type of joy that is manifested when, 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 when two people fall in love, when a, when a boy or girl fall in love, or, 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 or there's that type of love between married couples, even if they celebrate 20th or 30th or 40th, even 50th anniversary, there's a sense of fulfillment. There's a type of joy inside of the heart, harmony of the heart. But the Lord says to us that when we fully embrace Him, when we become aware of the Father's love, when we experience that love of God, it's a forgiving love, it's a merciful love, then our joy is instilled in our hearts. So there's a joy of knowing, first of all, that God is merciful and loving and forgiving. There's a joy that comes from knowledge that God is with us, God will always be there, that our future is tied up to God and our hope is in God. That's the type of joy that comes into our heart. There's a type of joy that we receive from receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The spirit joy is a, is a product of love, the Father's love, but also knowing that things are somehow falling into place, even if they don't seem to work out at first, and yet ultimately they're falling into place. There's a joy that, that comes to us by knowing that God in His providence is working things out for us. And even if there are difficulties, even if there's sickness, even if something happens that seems like is it like a, like a, a contradiction, whether God really loves me, and yet we know that that we have we have secure a life of glory in eternity, we don't have to be afraid. Will there be what type of joy will there be when when at the moment of death, we know that we will meeting will be meeting Jesus who loves us, who wants to be to be, uh, he wants to take us home, to live in his presence, in his life, through his life, the joys of the paradise. What joy will there be? There will be no fear of dying when we know that we will see the one who loves us, who has always loved us. That, that is type of joy even here on earth in anticipation of that which will come. There's a joy of, of that, you know, just the Old Testament, especially with Isaiah or so, the anticipation of God's kingdom the fulfillment of God's kingdom, the joy of knowing that everything that we 
we see here, which is not always good, lots of brokenness, lots of suffering and pain, that all these things will end and then we'll be ushered into a kingdom of, of joy, into a paradise that will, our, our hearts will never be able to, 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 to grasp here, but they will be completely inundated and fulfilled because only God's love can give us. There's also joy that comes from living the truth knowing the truth, knowing who we are, knowing where we're going, knowing what will happen to us. And that comes from faith. This type of joy that is sort of knowledge of, that flows from, from knowledge, from understanding. It's also a joy that comes from experiencing forgiveness, forgiveness for the things that we have done, going through confession and being able to, to confess completely, you know, from the depths of our heart, being cleansed and receiving that, that joy of forgiveness. There's a joy of knowing that God has removed every consequence of our sin, like Divine Mercy Sunday, type of joy which people shared and experienced and have shared with me. They feel like they're completely they're cleansed and they're open to every form of, of grace and love of God. And so this is the type of joy that Jesus speaks of, joys of communion with the Father, joys of living in communion with the Father, communion of complete, complete union with, of, of God that Jesus experienced and he says he, and, and he wants to give us this joy. Joy, joy of knowing the Father's love, joy, joy that flows from our awareness that God is love, pure love, and he wants us to give us himself. You know, and then we can, we can open up this whole reflection even, even to a greater degree, the joy that flows from receiving the Eucharist, from Jesus coming into our hearts, that we don't forget that we're aware that he is coming the joy that knows that the Holy Spirit will be always there with us, guiding us, giving us insights and understanding. You know, all those things, yes, so amidst our own difficulties, amidst our own problems and, and, and you know, sufferings and, and confusion which persists in the world today, but we do have a, a source of that joy that will not change knowledge, presence, love, forgiveness, harmony, mercy, providential guidance, gifts of the Holy Spirit, the sacraments, the Word of God, all those sources that can regenerate us. Prayer, continuous prayer, knowing that God hears our prayers, all those things which gives us this confidence and, and true, true joy, spiritual joy. No, sense, no sensible joy can ever equal because sensible pleasures, things like that end at the, at the moment which they're, they, they are experienced. But joy is ongoing. It's a fount of joy of God's love. So maybe then today, as we just briefly look at how the Lord guided the church, how to overcome, overcome problems, difficulties through gathering in prayer and discerning in prayer and, and using human knowledge, experience, reason to draw proper conclusions to resolve issues and problems. But secondly, we also know the gift of God himself, the true joy, the gift of Jesus's gift to us, his joy, so that our joy may be full and our joy may be complete. By, by the gift of God's love, by the gifts of his, of his tender care and everything that flows from, from the gift of salvation.
from the gift of communion and from the gift of his presence in our lives. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.